1: Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, how was your weekend? Did you do anything fun?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's you know basically in digest mode, right? Like it's. Uh, yeah. All this stuff has happened. We have we got eleven picks, so it's like trying to like go through all of this and and, and you know form a consensus on some of these guys, you know, because we you know, the guys we usually study they they get picked in the first you know three or four rounds, and mm-hmm. then uh, you know some of these guys we still have to do a little bit more extensive study now that they're on our team. So that's that's kind of what we're going through right now. But it's fun. Yes. It's fun. It's it's good yes. to know the names and go through it. I, I enjoy this kind of work.
1: So just to give everybody kind of a heads up as to what we're going to plan on doing this next week, we're actually going to take our time breaking down this draft class because later we've got nothing but time for the next three or four months as we wait for football season to come. So we're going Mm -hmm. to take a a 10,000 foot view today of the Cowboys draft class. And throughout the week, we're going to start breaking down these players further and further. You know, We're going to get to do some deep dives on uh, Chauncey Golson and Osa Adigizua. And then all the day three picks we will eventually get to all the undrafted free agents. So we're not going to we, we don't want to rush our evaluations of these players. So uh, make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Lynn, let's first start with the draft class as a whole, because. I think it's easy when one pick is made in the first round to judge a draft class and say that everything is awful and terrible. I have have no experience doing that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, never. I I think once you see the full picture of a draft class, then you can get an idea of what the team was trying to accomplish. How do you feel about the Cowboys draft now that it's all over with?
0: I think it became clear as they were going on what they were trying to do, and and that is – uh, clearly stock their their uh defense specifically <laughs> uh with guys who can come in and uh take up a whole bunch of snaps uh that they either have lost or that they just wanted improved talent on um i think that you know w- we all knew what coming out of last season, what the issues were with the defense. Obviously they saw the same issues. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that they saw that they had thought that they had uh, some talent that, that got uh, bogged down by, and, you know, really anchored down by the uh, kind of lack of middle class talent on our defense. You know, there's like two or three guys that can that are catalytic players. And then uh, there was just a bunch of street free agents. I mean, after all the injuries that the Cowboys are dealing with. Uh, and then, you know, just poor play from guys like Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith. Uh, and so I think a lot of what they ended up doing is, you know, they took some, uh, some boomer bus swings up top. Uh, the, the hope that they can come in and, and, and provide. I, I think the first two guys can come in and give you starters, snaps and will be starters. But the question of how good they'll be is, is remains to be seen. Um, and then I think they took uh, uh, yeah, three or four guys that they think that they can – count on to come in uh, and give them some snaps. I mean, I don't know, Yeah, certainly not starter level, but at least give them some snaps and rotations uh, to, to, and, and, you know, hopefully grow from there. Uh, And I think that the the things that got a little bit interesting is when, you know, they were kind of picking some high floor type players a little bit later in the, in Mm -hmm. the draft when they're, you know, probably were more uh, athletic upside type folks, you know, kind of in that late to third, fourth round. And I think that's really where it saw uh, a difference in, in kind of previous draft strategies to me is, is uh, they it's where they, that area where they would normally be targeting uh, uh, athletes with, with trouble or uh, yep. guys yep. that, you know, they were targeting high floor guys that they thought could come in that, that felt that fell to them or that were appropriately graded to them uh, that they thought could come in and give them solid snaps right away in some form or fashion. Um, and, and and you know, because of the salary cap uh, issues that they don't want to have to necessarily go out and try to sign a vet free agent to kind of fill that role. All
1: right. So I'm going to talk about some of my problems I have with this Cowboys draft class in a second. But, Landon, some of the problems with this class is to no fault of their own. I, I think they were so close to having just an absolutely dominant draft. But <laughs> – it seemed like the guy that I think they wanted would want to pick one pick ahead of them every time. Like let's, let's go through it really quickly at number nine, Patrick Sertan goes to Denver. You know, the Cowboys would have taken Patrick Sertan if he's there at 10, right? right then, yeah, absolutely. In, in the second round, like if they would have drafted Patrick Sertan, they could have just sat back at 44 and took the best player available. Well, Trayvon Merrick, the safety from TCU who we thought about potentially they might trade up for, he goes 43 to the Raiders, right? Yeah. At pick 75, uh, Osa Odigizuwa, who we, we liked quite a bit. We also heard that they liked Milton Williams a lot from Louisiana Tech. He goes 73 to the Eagles. So they were so close to having this draft work out absolutely perfectly, but it seems like that first surprise pick of the uh, of the Broncos picking Sertan really messed them up, and they kind of were swimming upstream the rest of the way to, to catch up with that pick that caught them a little off guard.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, as much as we want to uh, hand wring or celebrate uh, uh, good and bad drafts, without a doubt, it's better to be lucky than good in the draft. Oh,
1: without a doubt, yes.
0: And 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 and, and I think last year proved the op- the opposite of that true is that you know they got really lucky last year, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and I think this year that that luck didn't you know extend. I think you know, I think the biggest issue with where my dissatisfaction in the draft were with with what happened. Obviously, had to do with just bad luck. You know, not not yeah. really the Cowboys making poor picks or, or or whatever. I mean, I think I I think the the you know it's 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 the draft. So it's it all remains to be seen how good any of this is, right? But I think as far as like you know, getting guys that we know that they clearly wanted. You, you mentioned at least three different, and I could probably point out some more. Sure. Uh, three different situations where they they got snake bit by guys getting taken right before well, they, they were picked.
1: And that makes, I mean, could you make the argument that maybe they should have been more aggressive? They had 11 picks in this draft land and they had a bunch of third and fourth round picks. Why not go up? you know, two spots and get Patrick Sertan, why not flip with Denver who seemed like they were on the fence between Sertan and Justin Fields? Why not throw them 75 to go get your corner? I mean, I know that's rich, but it's rich. It is rich, but I mean, they wanted a corner and they were forced to kind of pivot once he was gone. Or do you think it was not worth it considering that they had Parsons rated higher on their board?
0: I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it wasn't worth the value of what they were what they were asking to trade up, and and I think that they liked their options in the second round, and and I even think with Moreg, like they liked Moreg. but I, you know, I, I'm there's there's a line between liking them and, and feeling that you need to trade well, up to go get them.
1: I don't think they could have traded up for Morik after missing out a out a corner. In round yeah, one, though, absolutely. right? I absolutely, mean, yeah. yeah. I, it sounds like if they were trading up, they were trading up for Tyson Campbell or Calvin Joseph, right? It didn't sound like once they missed corner that Merrick was even really an option.
0: They were they were going to take Merrick even if he was there, if, if Joseph was there. They no, were going to take Joseph. Because so. they had
1: to, though, right? Well, sure.
0: I, I, I mean – Yeah, I mean, I think they wanted to too. I think he was rated highly on their board. Yeah, I mean, I I, he's look, he's not a consolation prize. I mean, I I think he's a a first round corner that you got in the second round because of uh, some quote-unquote off-the-field issues, which we'll find out exactly how – I mean, not even off-the-field issues. It's football character stuff with coaches that may or may not actually be there. So,
1: I want to talk about the character stuff in in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Nugenics. Uh, Listen up, football fans. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster, and GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea – text draft a two three one two three one. if you text now you'll get a free bottle of Nugenics Thermo the most powerful fat burner ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free just text draft a 231 231 that is draft a 231 231 also want to tell you guys about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at bet online, get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sport sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses and contest information head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, I think we need to talk about the off-the-field stuff because this, this draft certainly was not a Jason Garrett draft full of uh, Boy Scouts, right? I, I think that's pretty clear. Now, there's differing levels of off-the-field stuff here between Micah Parsons, Calvin Joseph, who maybe was not the best teammate at LSU and at Kentucky, And then uh, Josh Ball, the offensive tackle from Florida State, Marshall, who had some some pretty scary, disgusting allegations. Let's just say that at the very least. Uh, What is your take overall on the Cowboys kind of ignoring character a little bit in this draft?
0: Well, I don't care about the first two, to be honest. I mean, to, to to a large degree. I mean, I think. Parsons' stuff is a little troubling, just because it clearly went way too far, and, yep. and I think there's, I think it's, I would, you know, and look, I, I don't, none of us know these issues too well, but just yes. for, what, for what we're, what's reported, right? I would lump both Parsons and Joseph under the category of, of immaturity gone too far, you know, uh, and sure. I think that, that's, that's something that, that Ball does not get the same pass for. No, from the no I 100 percent agree. Um, so let's obviously parse that. i am certainly not going to the ball thing is incredibly difficult because the 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 the, uh, the allegations are disgusting the you know the the if we don't know if any if it's true and and the the part of that's really difficult is that you know, now people like us are kind of sitting here having to try to awkwardly. Defend you know, it. We de- defend have it to. Which yeah. we shouldn't we, have to, you know, yep, and, and I'm yep. not and I'm not going to, you know. So uh, I, I think that there is a, a place in this world for people to have second chances. Um, but I also think that that, you know, there are some things that should certainly kind of disqualify you from from being able to participate in in. in Luxuries like sports, so especially being
1: drafted. That's that's my thing. Is like absolutely you have to draft this guy because there's other talented offensive linemen that were available that don't have these problems. And man, this is just such a tough pick to justify. I feel like I mean, even if he hits, is it worth it? That's what I keep coming down to. Is it worth it?
0: You know, I I think, like I said, it's it's I I don't really even know how to comment on this. To be honest, you know. Because like, I, because if he hits and he never does anything again, like I said, I, I think there is a place in this world for people to have second chances. But I, I don't feel good about it. I'm, I'm never gonna actively root for this guy. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's just it feels, it feels gross Great. to, to kind of deal with it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I really don't know how to go from there. And, and like I said, I, I understand about second ch- ch- chances. I understand about uh, making mistakes. I, I think you can make a mistake without putting your hands on a woman. And, I would and agree. I, yes, yes. Uh, so I, I don't – and we I, and I don't really need to spend a bunch of time on here talking about it because honestly it's just
1: too much of a bummer and it's not football related. So Yeah, and I think so – that's where I'm at. I, I, I 100% agree. And I think now if this is somebody who was extremely remorseful and has that's completely the other part. changed, yeah. I think you can definitely get more on board with it. I don't think we're there yet, Landon. I mean I, just from I, the, just from the little bit no. of snippets that we've heard over the last couple of days, I don't think we're there.
0: Uh I'll I'll just say this. It, 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 you know, everything I've heard from him, everything I've heard uh just implied a, a bunch of different things. I, I would assume that he is that he believes that he didn't do anything. I, I would I, whether he and, and I would assume that there are, including maybe even Marshall and some of these organizations that that may. Uh, 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 I think the Cowboys' posture is that they don't believe the allegations, right? And, and, I, I, and I, I agree. Yes, and, and yeah. I don't, and, and if, if that's the case, and if they if they actually have some kind of uh, proof or you know inside knowledge that's not being reported that makes them more confident about it. I kind of wish that they would hint that a little bit more with, you know, I think that there's a way to do that without being disrespectful to the, yes, the yep. victim. Um, but at this point, like, you know, the way they've kind of left it uh, it's, it's, it's kind of in this weird nether wow. world between the two where we're, we're not, we're just supposed to allow it to be okay. Cause it's in the past, uh, but while not really respecting the the victims, you know, uh, coming out and saying something about it in the first place by kind of, Hinting not so subtly that it didn't happen. So, like I said, it's 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 awkward and ugly to talk about, and and I hate it's that terrible. we're, we're putting yep. put in a position that to talk about it.
1: So let's go back to the other two, uh, Parsons yep. and Joseph, because I feel like I even feel like those are a little different, right? And because Joseph seems like from each was, other, in, yes, yeah. yes, from yeah, each other. Because yeah. Parsons, it seems like there was two incidents, right? There was a hazing incident in high school, and then there was a hazing incident in college at Penn State. And then from Joseph, it seems like there was, there was no incident. He was never in trouble ever, ever like criminal wise. It just seemed like he wasn't the most professional. Not he, It certainly doesn't sound, sound like he was very mature in college. And the hope is that he's gotten better from that. However, just this year, Landon, it seems like Kentucky basically said, hey, go opt out. We're good with that. That's what has me a little worried.
0: The, the thing is is that it sounds like there's also a lot of conflicting reports because even Hellman on on you know on the draft show as it was on you know said that he talked to LSU people and that they loved him they raved about him so they didn't want him to leave so I, I think I, I could certainly understand if this' is a situation where this guy's personality or maybe his commitment to hip-hop as opposed to football mm-hmm. it rubs Coaches the wrong way. Very well could be the case. I, I certainly could understand that. Um, and 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 I and, and for me, this and the Parsons situation feels like the Cowboys uh feeling comfortable leveraging their superior info gathering organization skills, which they may actually have because they have so much money they can invest in, you know private detectives and all the stuff that's required to kind of get information here. They clearly have some kind of coach or somebody that's at the, in the Kentucky organization, right? Cause they kind of have hinted at it and we're talking about how they had uh, guys that they talked to uh, and even, you know, obviously with, when, when, with uh, when they were, you hear that kind of thing when Bohana was speaking, right? And yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I think there was some kind of connection between the coaching staff here in Kentucky that you know probably gave them some sort of insight here but you know look obviously there's a reason that a kid this talented who played in the sec and produced uh it fell to the second round and it's it's because of these very you know real things that, i mean it's undeniable that he left lsu to go to kentucky it's undeniable that the some of the coaches wanted him to opt out of mm-hmm. kentucky the question is why the question is what was the motivating factor here and is that something that the cowboys are gonna have to deal with when he's here or, or not and I don't have very good answers here, but I assume the Cowboys have better answers than I do.
1: All right. Last thing I want to say at this, and I'm going to try to be very careful the way I say that. So it doesn't come out wrong, but NFL teams are more okay with some of that off the field stuff, the immaturity stuff. If you play hard on the football field and you're on the field, football character is good. And to Micah Parsons credit, especially that guy plays at 110 miles a per hour, 110 percent every single snap. So, yeah. I think NFL teams and coaches can get behind guys like that if, if it if the immaturity doesn't translate to the field, right?
0: I think if Micah Parsons is surrounded by a bunch of 28 and 29 year old uh, adults with families that like are professional football players, uh, I think there is. I think Micah Parsons probably you know. Uh, is uh runs with the crowd right or it and then kind of get you know, the hazing
1: that they're, both of those so. yes. yeah
0: sounded like it was uh uh influenced by the other people that are around if, if you get a group of good influence around him and the cowboys you know i know we're getting trashed <laughs> and, and and rightfully so for the, yes. the, this round but the cowboys do have you know a good core of 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 character guys on this team it's not like these are all a bunch of criminals so i do think that the cowboys can provide some influence here can provide a structure here uh that hopefully can can help get him the straight and narrow and and hopefully the same thing with joseph right he's got a teammate that he likes on the team uh you know he's 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 uh, a professional he's now he's actually being paid the cowboys can actually op you know, provide him a lot of opportunities for anything else he wants to do in his world so if he can think, just figure out a way to keep his head on straight and work hard joseph i think think will also be fine. You know, those two guys are obviously in a very different category than the other thing we talk about with ball.
1: The last thing I was going to say is that the hazing incident that happened for Michael Parsons when he was a freshman at Penn State. This was 2018. You are hoping, again, we have no idea, but you are hoping that he has grown up a lot since the 2018 season. He was a freshman. He was a five-star recruit. He was the number one player in Pennsylvania. I know he's had a a son since then. Again, you are really, really hoping that he has grown up and matured since then. Uh, And, of course, that nothing actually happened. So – I don't want to spend the entire show talking about character issues, but I do think it's something that we, we at least had to talk about because it was kind of a cloud that was hanging over the draft a little bit. Um, I want to talk about one big problem I have with the Cowboys draft in just a second, Landon. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about built bar, the best tasting protein bar. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's a great combination of low calories, high protein and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to billbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your next box at billbar.com All right, Landon. Um, so let's talk a little bit about draft sequencing because this is – it was a really interesting draft because the Cowboys, I think at 75, the first two picks are fine. At 75, Osa Odigizua, I thought was a fine pick. Maybe they reached a little bit. At 84, Chauncey Golston was fine. Maybe they reached a little bit on that one. The Nation Wright pick at pick 99 is where I have a lot of problems because this is this is the problem when they build their draft board. Nation Wright, from everything I've been told, was somebody who carried a fifth or sixth round grade on their board. They had multiple other players on the board that had second round grades and they basically the scouts and Will McClay wanted to take Jabril Cox or Brandon Browning, depending on the scout at 99. And Jerry Jones basically gave that pick over to Dan Quinn to take a corner that wasn't even the highest rated corner on their board. I know you could say, Hey, well, just let's ignore it. Pretend they drafted Jabril Cox at 99, and uh, nation Wright at pick 114 or whatever, and everything looks better. Y- you shouldn't have to justify picks that way. I think that's that's my biggest problem with this draft is I just think they have some flawed reasoning in drafting, and I think, I- I think they're missing out on good players sometimes when they do that. What are your thoughts?
0: I, I think that this pick specifically – you have a, you have a point you have a, you have an argument for sure. and I think that they clearly decided to just basically give this pick to their coach um, and allow him to make the pick. You know I also think that whether or not you've reached or or you know at the end of the day, it's about getting the players you want. Right. And and, and figuring out a way to get the players you need at the positions you need uh, and to get the best value that you can. I think this year doing that from inside the team's perspective was incredibly difficult because and I've been saying it on Twitter. How do you build a consensus when there's no information cross pollination? You know, how do you how do you find out? Um, how other teams value guys that are on your board so that you know when it is an appropriate time Um because, you know, when, when to try to figure out when it is appropriate time to pick a player, you have to know when you feel comfortable taking the player, but also when kind of the rest of the league feels comfortable about taking the player, because that's the way that you kind of value it, right? Well, we we value this guy a little bit more, so uh, we can wait a little bit longer because the rest of the NFL is lower on him because maybe he's scheme-specific for us, right? And, and I think that that is where things got very difficult for them. Um and I think they did for the, for the most part, they did a good job. I think that's that pick that you mentioned is specifically where mm-hmm. they basically turned it over to Dan Quinn and allowed him to take the pick. Now, like you said, at the end of the day, uh, they picked the second round player with their, in a fourth round pick. And and that's the guy that they, the other, the guy that they would have picked instead of right at ninety nine. They picked, you know, in the fourth round and and at and, and got pick, very
1: lucky. But yeah. what if you wouldn't what if he wouldn't have been there at one fourteen? Absolutely. That's, that's uh, where they got lucky. Again, we talked about better better than it's better to be lucky than good, right? If yeah. he's not there, then I really, really would be upset here on you know Monday because now you're missing out on somebody you have probably graded as a top 35 player. Because why? I don't get it.
0: Well, but at the same time, you know they had multiple second round picks available to them at 99 like you know I, 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 but my but my point there is that clearly their evaluation of where guys are being valued across the, the the NFL was either off or you know was was not playing out the way that they had expected so they had an extra pick essentially I don't love that they just handed it over and it gave it to Dan Quinn. I, I'm certainly not going to try and defend it, but I also don't think, uh, I don't think that that pick necessarily was fully indicative of the larger draft. And I think that we are focusing on it as like this fulcrum of like of of everything that happened for on the second day because it's it's a head shaker without a doubt. Uh, but but to me it it, it like. I don't think it's necessarily the 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 you know the the the, the example of of what everything that happened well, on day
1: three. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, they day had two. a higher they had a higher grade on Jabril Cox than either of the defensive linemen they picked. However, I don't have a problem with it because you picked a linebacker at number twelve, right? And you needed defensive line depth, and Osa was a, a really good prospect that we talked about a lot. That makes sense. Chauncey Golson again. I think they maybe reached a little bit, not a lot, a, a little bit on that one. But he fills a need and pointed this out on Twitter yesterday, Landon. After Demarcus Lawrence and Terrell Basham, you have nobody else on under contract in the twenty twenty two season. So like you needed, you needed a body that you feel like can play as just because you have nobody else. So it, it's not that big of a reach again when you come down to 99 and there's a there's a four round gap between talent level and you pick the corner even after drafting a corner earlier the same day that's where i have a problem
0: and and like i said i i can't certainly defend 99 they have done this in the past with mixed results you know kind of given over picks to to coaches you know i certainly can't i certainly can't defend it too much i i i also but i also think that it's not a great, it's not a great, it's not a great process, but I also think that it's moot because of the Jabril Cox.
1: Should, Should, should coaches even get a say like a big say who's drafted?
0: I think that they should be allowed to, to, to have input in drafting. You know, look, there's, there's no, I think if it, if we've discovered anything over doing this over a decade, there is no right way to do this. I, I, I'm sorry, but everyone can say that they've got the right way to do this. But, I, I, you know, I don't understand how we hold those, that thought in our head while also looking at all the statistical information that tells us that, you know, even the people that think they know what they're doing don't know what the heck they're yeah, doing.
1: But okay, but should, shouldn't the coach basically maybe just decide between like two evenly graded players? Like, let's say Baron Browning and Jabril Cox. Hey, Dan Quinn, we got these guys both graded as second rounders. Which one do you like? That's where I think it's where the coaches should come in. Not, hey, let's reach on a guy that we have graded lower by the scouts because I think I like him. That's I get. That's where I have some problems.
0: I, I think a lot of this problem too is that even though we know that we, that there were second round grades on Jabril Cox and, and maybe another player, multiple players, we don't know what they had on him. Even though we know it's not that, right? We know so, and I know we know what other teams have on those guys. What 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 would you say if you had to guess what would they have ranked on? Five, six. Five, six. So yeah, I mean that's
1: that's my guess.
0: That's your guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, they gave it. Like I said, it's it's not great process. There's, it's there's not, no... but it, they got lucky. They got very very lucky. Yeah, and, and again, like <laughs> I said, right. <laughs> yeah, but but also I think that you got to ninety nine, and uh, like I said. It, lucky right but you got to 99 and you saw multiple of your second rounders were there right so yeah. it's like if you could take this guy and say well listen one of them is also going to make it to 115 and 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 feel confident and they did so i don't know it's it's, it's a
1: weird draft.
0: <laughs> it's a weird draft there's no way around it and, and we're peeking through keyholes too so like it's i would love to hear what the whole conversation was maybe yeah. there would be more logic there but, but like with the small, with the few pieces of information, it, it doesn't make sense. There's no doubt we,
1: we need the hard knocks in a war room. How much fun would that be? Just like a six hour special on just an entire war room. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Again, we're going to talk about this draft at length all week long. We're going to talk about each player specifically, how they fit into the scheme. Uh, Dan Quinn had a very interesting post draft press conference. Uh, with some scheme things that the Cowboys might be doing this year. And I think that might actually change how we feel about a couple of different players in this draft, especially, yeah. especially Osa Odigizuwa. So make sure you guys are tuning in for that. You can download and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.